0: Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, life purpose coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Steve Blake, an aspiring triathlete with a passion for faith, family, and fitness. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. I'm here today with Steve Blake, who holds three core pillars in his life, faith, family, and fitness. Steve was born and raised in northern New Jersey, where he graduated high school in 2010, and then attended Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach. While there, he received a bachelor's degree in aviation maintenance science, an FAA airframe and power plant certificate, and FCC general radio operator licenses. More importantly, he also met his wife, Mary, who was studying aeronautical science on her path to becoming a pilot. In 2015, the two married and happily celebrated six years this past summer. Steve and Mary currently live in the Oklahoma City metro and both hold full-time careers in the corporate aviation industry. They were blessed to add a son to their family in 2020. One of Steve's biggest passions is fitness. In 2015, he transformed his life by beginning his own fitness journey. He's tried many subcategories of fitness, but has found a pull toward combining endurance and strength, strength training, specifically utilizing these training methods in the sport of triathlon. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Charles. It's, uh, it's
1: great to be here. I'm excited to, to be a participant on the show and, uh, to talk about, to talk about, uh, to talk about things in coming in, up in the future.
0: Absolutely. And we've known each other, Steve, for a few years now, uh, most notably through church and church activities. We got to know one another there. And, uh, and then recently, we've stayed in touch, but recently we saw each other in person again uh, after COVID um, at the, what was called the Jolton Joe 5K event here in Oklahoma City. And that was in memory of Joe Warfield, a beloved uh, runner in the community put on by his son, Brian Warfield and, and others that helped Brian do that. And I remember seeing you before and after the race, not so much during. So I think our, time, <laughs> I think our times were just a little bit different.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty serious hobby athlete, if you want to call it that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I did a, I did a pretty good job at that race. I, I ran a PR in that 5k and, uh, and had a really great time doing it. Um, I'm sure if you see the picture in, in the uh, podcast episode, that's my face at the end of the, at the end of the race. So
0: (laughs) you were flying and that was such a beautiful day and a great event
1: too. It was, it was a perfect picture, perfect day. Like you couldn't ask for a better day really for a race, honestly.
0: Yeah. Well, Steve, I've been following along with your journey too, um, outside of like church and our friendship, just your journey with fitness and your family as well. And I thought it would just be so fun. Um, I won't spoil it for our listeners, but what's coming up for you is kind of a big deal, and and I thought it'd be really great to have a conversation about that and just life in general, whatever comes up.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, if uh, if we want to go dive right in on in on it, um, I've been doing the the sport of triathlon for just about a year now, um, informally st- since September of last year. Um, kind of started during the pandemic of you know you get on the internet and like start seeing things of different things that, that come up. And, uh, triathlon was one of those things that kept kind of coming to the forefront and, uh, I really got inspired to do it last year. Around this time, um, there was a race in Daytona beach called, uh, challenge Daytona, which was like the first major race that had been held in almost a year from at that time. There was a lot of protocols that were held in order for professionals to race and all that kind of stuff. and um, But the live coverage of the race was extremely well done in the sense of um, Daytona International Speedway is a big NASCAR race. And so they have a big media production team and that same production team held the live um, race event for try, uh, this challenge, uh, Daytona race. Um, and I was able to watch it live and in person and not in person, but live on the internet and watching them go around the speedway and, and, uh, really push themselves and race hard really inspired me to want to try and do that. Um, and like, Charles mentioned in the bio, um, I have ties to Daytona beach where I went to school there and things of that nature. So that was also a draw as well. And so I was like, I have to do that race next year. When I saw that, like, I don't care what it takes. Like I have to do that race next year. And so, um, that kind of set me on the path to, to this race that's coming up here. And literally a week from today, I'll be at the Daytona international speedway racing. It's no longer called challenge daytona it is now branded as clash daytona but it is the same type of format it is a um half or middle distance uh triathlon race and so um to get into it um triathlon is broken up into separate distances um sprint is usually your your shortest distance which can be somewhere in the realm of like a 500-yard swim, a 12-mile bike, and then a three-mile run approximately for most of them. Then you have a step up is your Olympic distance, which is usually a 1,500, 1,600-yard swim, a 26 to 28-mile bike, and then a six, 6.2-mile uh, run, usually like a 10K run. And then a step beyond that is – a middle distance race, which is considered a half Ironman. Ironman is a brand of triathlon. Um, So uh, a middle distance race is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike, and then a 13.1 mile run. And then of course, a full distance race is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 to 114 mile bike, depending on the course, And then a 26.1 mile run. Um, Of course, my ultimate goal is to eventually one day do an Ironman. But at this point in my life, I think a middle distance race is about what is within reason. Um, If my wife is um, kind enough to let me sign up for an Ironman race, I may try and do it. But the hard part is when you do something like that, it's literally eat, sleep, train. Work. Those are the things that you can do. There's not really a whole lot of room for family time. There, people have done it, but it's usually like an hour a day type thing where you can spend time with family, and like that's about as much as you get. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that to yet. Uh, to that yet, um, being that I am a, a man of faith and family, and those things matter to me, and so. It's going to be a hard balance to, to strike, but I'm really excited for the race that I do have coming up. I've been training super hard for it and I'm just super excited for it. So,
0: yeah, that's phenomenal. And so I, I followed some of that, right. And I'm, I'm going to, I've got, I think the distances figured out. Uh, sure, I may not remember the numbers, but this is a lot. So there's a lot of swimming,
1: <laughs> yes. there's a
0: lot of biking, and then there's a uh-huh. lot of running and uh-huh. uh, just the numbers that you mentioned, I was checking off my, my what I believe to be my abilities at this point, I'm thinking, nope, nope, and nope on the, (laughs) on the, on the half Ironman, you know, this middle distance triathlon, which sounds just amazing. Well, I was going to ask you sometimes, you know, we generally have a kickoff question. We can kind of forego that, but, but a a variation of that would be um, you were interested in what makes you want to get out of the bed in the morning, that question to kick it off. I would just ask you that now in terms of, especially, this goal of, of making this a middle distance triathlon, what is it that, that drives this passion uh, and sense of purpose for you about getting this? Well, um, a big, big thing that I try now that I'm, I
1: I don't like to say that I'm getting older, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not really young anymore, so to speak. (laughs) And so I have a kid and part of what I'm trying to do is Establish some sort of legacy for my life and realize that, like, you know, we, you know, our days are finite, so to speak, and do things that challenge me and make me feel more human and more alive than ever before, type of thing, and to see what I personally am capable of. And I think that I want to inspire people in order to realize that hey if you really are willing to put the work in you're capable of doing anything that you set your mind to and i don't care who tells you you know to who tells you what or or who tries to hold you back like you are fully capable of doing that sort of thing and so i guess i try i want to try and inspire educate and lead people to be bigger do better things and 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 shoot for the stars, essentially, with whatever it can be, you know. So that's what I'm shooting for with this triathlon thing.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense in how I know you, Steve. And what would you say that it was around, because it's 2015 from your bio, when you really – committed to this fitness journey? Do you remember what was going on in your life? You just, I think, right. Gotten married recently or around that time, but what else was kind of in the mix that, especially for those that are listening, like, you know what, I've been wanting to get on my own fitness journey. And maybe if they hear your story, can you remember some of those things and some of those factors that were at play that, that kicked it off for you?
1: Sure. Um, if it wasn't exactly, so there was a lead up to that, that year and timeframe when, when i decided to really commit to this lifestyle yeah um i spent years you know i played i was active and played sports in high school but i was never really focused on it or dedicated to it um i enjoyed it but i was never really committed to it so to speak as as much as i am now and with with what i do in my life now um I went through some periods of time in my life where I spent a lot of time alone, um, had um, difficulty with, with friendships in high school and things like that. And when I went to college, I gained perspective of a little bit of what I can do as far as an individual, but really was kind of lost in finding my way through life in the sense of this was the first time in my life that I was on my own and um, searching for answers, so to speak. And truly, when I moved to Kansas slash Oklahoma, um, that was the first time in my life that I had moved far away from my family. I was not 100% on my own because I was with Mary, of course, Um, but I was able to really dive into my own thoughts and think for myself in the sense of doing less of what the world was telling me what to do and doing more of what I was telling myself to do, so to speak. Um, and then of course, with some of the content that I was, I was consuming at the time, and videos that I was watching, um, I was watching these what seemingly average people uh, were doing, and they were doing some of these big, incredible things. And I'm like, wow! Like, some you know, Joe, you know, Joe, Joe Johnson. This is just a generic name, of course, is going out and running a half marathon and doing really well at it. Like, this is a guy who you know works a nine to five job, you know, has a family type of thing and is making it work and so it opened the idea and possibility in my mind that like hey maybe i it, it, maybe if i decide to commit to this thing for real that i can actually make it happen so i i've always been kind of an early riser in general but at this point in my life i started waking up early every single day and i found a generic plan on online and i told myself this was you know a typical january 1st i said hey there's a a, a 10k called the redbud 10k in april i want to commit myself to training towards that and, and you know my parents had done some 10k's and stuff like that when i was growing up and that my, i remember in my mind my mom telling me like hey if you can run a 10k in under 55 minutes or so, like you're doing pretty good. And so, I kind of kept that general rule of thumb in my mind, and I just ran a generic um, running plan, and I was able to work my way up to a 10k distance, which I had never, you know, before that I had never ran much more than three, three or four miles at a click, and was able during that training block was able to make it up to six miles and the first time I ran six miles straight, I ran it in under 55 minutes and I was like, wow, this is incredible like I set a goal and I'm able to like work my way towards it and like achieve it and then soon after that um, in April of that year, I ran that 10k in about 50 minutes flat, something like that, 51 minutes roughly. But my eyes were opened as far as like, wow, like it doesn't happen in a day, of course. It doesn't happen in two weeks, but it happened, you know, setting a long term goal and then just taking baby steps each day towards it. I was able to come to this realization like, oh, wow, like I'm able to do this thing. And then so once I was able to, to reach that benchmark, it's like, what else can I do? And so there was a half marathon that actually Brian Warfield, who held the uh, Jolton Joe 5K, had told me about in Wichita, Kansas. And he said, hey, like, there's a, a really great half marathon race and like, you should try and go for it. And sure enough, I signed up for it and trained the whole summer because it was, you know, the, the red bud was in April and the half marathon in Wichita was in October. So it was a really, it was a good distant, like time frame away, as far as like being able to build my mileage up, build my aerobic base up. And I trained through the whole summer. I made a lot of mistakes that summer, like training in the heat of the day um, in Oklahoma, which most of us who are pro- probably listening know. Hey, you probably in July you probably shouldn't decide to go run nine miles in the middle of the day. That's really probably a bad idea. <laughs> but <laughs> I did it. I right. did it, and right. I learned all the all the things that like a rookie runner is going to learn type of thing. Um, and it was a huge eye opening experience, and I was able to um, go ahead and run that race, and I ran it in under in a sub eight minute per mile pace, which was incredible to me, like before, you know, six months prior to that, never running much more than five or six miles to running f- double the distance in under an under eight minute per mile pace, which is incredible to me
0: it is to me i know what it's that incredible means. yeah it's I, incredible I what the yeah. human body is capable
1: of right and like i just i i i hope that anybody who's listening and i don't really want to dive super deep now but like i want to i want to let anyone who's listening know that it is possible for you um you know people talk a lot of bad things about social media and like how there's toxic things on social media, and it's all comparison and all this other stuff. And while that is true, and I will not discredit that, I will also say the flip side is pos- is possible as well. In the sense of, you see people who are 65 years old and doing half marathons, and they're doing really well at it. And maybe it's not you know a top level you know, top 5% race, but Hey, you know what, for that individual, that's the best that they can do on that day. And they're giving their best effort. Like I give props to anybody who does that. Um, but so to reel back a little bit, um, so I did that half marathon and then part of that journey was exploring different avenues. I went on a strength training block for uh, a short period or for a period of time, I would say about a year. Um, and was, I pulled away. I had ended up pulling away from running and endurance training for for a while and exploring different aspects of what, what, what fitness is like and all that. And it wasn't until right before my son was born that I realized like what my priorities were as far as training and fitness are concerned. I had gone down the road of tracking my meals and tracking my food. And uh, not that there's 100% anything against that. It works for some people. I realized it doesn't work for me because of the amount of stress that it adds to a person's life. Um, it's not healthy to me, in my opinion, mentally to track your food every single day, all the time. It works in certain, uh, certain circumstances, but it's not the type of lifestyle that I would recommend for anyone long-term. Um, and so right before my son was born, I, I swore off tracking uh, food and I decided to come back towards endurance training And focusing on what my body was capable of, not what my body looked like. And I think that's a big distinction um, for fitness as far as while I do respect to a certain degree um, people who are in aesthetic sports, which are bodybuilding and those types of sports, it takes a lot of discipline to be in those types of situations. Um, but I'm much more impressed by what a person is able to accomplish with their body than they are to what it ma- to, to, make it look like. Um, and that's not a dig at, at, at physique sports or anything like that, but that's just my personal opinion. And I think that some people can agree with that. Um, but anyway, to, to bring it full circle, uh, we talked about, you know, about a year ago, I got into triathlon. And again, I started January 1st of 20, 20, 2021, excuse me, having very a very small amount of swimming experience. Uh, you know, I did in elementary school, I did swim team for a short period of time. So pretty much very, very little experience with. Swimming laps, I ended up starting January 1st swimming and I could do maybe 50 yards without stopping.
0: Now, for for the sake of, of the folks who may not know, like, okay, this is maybe an Olympic size pool or a standard lap. It's a
1: standard, it's a standard 25 yard pool. So yeah, it's 25 yards. One, one length is 25 yards. So it's about two lengths of the pool. I could do without stopping and getting out of breath okay so we're talking very beginner like endurance level as far as swimming is concerned
0: relatable at least to me yeah i can
1: extremely relatable and look like yes i'm an athlete and like i i i've been training for sports and endurance for a very long time so it was extremely humbling um (laughs) extremely right. humbling. Swimming yeah, is swim,
0: swimming's a different animal altogether. It,
1: it is. It's because yeah. it's so unnatural for yeah. the human body to, to be in water. Yeah. We're not made to really be in water now. It's all
0: that breathing that we have to do, right?
1: <laughs> right. Oxygen is super important. Super duper important. Yeah. But so I, like I was starting from square one, as far as swimming was concerned, Um, sure. I've had, I I have like kind of the basic fundamentals of like, I knew how to like do a basic, uh, freestyle stroke and how to breathe out the side of my head, like, you know, turn my head and breathe. But as far as my technique, it felt like my legs were sinking all the time. Like for a lot of people, I I've made a lot of the beginner mistakes and I was able to, um, I actually found a coach, and I was able to do a ton of research on YouTube. I will say, if you're into any of these sports, YouTube and the internet are your friends as far as resources are concerned, um, while a coach is the best way to go because they've done all the mistakes and they're able to help you out like on specific points. The internet is also very, very helpful because it can give you things to make things easier to keep you motivated to continue to do them. One of the things, this is not to get too specific, but one of the things I bought was a pair of short flotation shorts. Essentially, it's just you know a pair of swim trunks, but they're made of neoprene, kind of like a wetsuit. And their um, material is buoyant so that it helps keep your legs up near the top of the water because a lot of people's mistake is to essentially keep their head up, but their feet are down and they are almost porpoising through the water rather than being parallel to the water. They're You're, you're dragging through the water, so to speak, um, not to get too technical, but um, that helped. And so it's almost like having training wheels on a little bit. Um, but I found even through the summer, I would get kind of demotivated to not swim. And so I would only swim maybe one time a week and was not really making progress towards swimming until I got my coach. And then she was able to say, Hey, like you need to swim three times a week. We need to get your, your fundamentals down. Um, and just being in the water is going to help you, um, get more comfortable doing it. And, as disgruntled as I was about doing all the drills, because drills stink, I'm going to be totally honest with you because oh, half the time it feels like you're sucking water in and all this kind of other stuff. Uh, it helped tremendously, tremendously helped. I was able to, and I'm at the point now where I've gained so, enough confidence to swim in the water that I can swim uh, long uh, swims, you know, 2,500 yards at a distance and feel confident that I'm going to complete that distance. Um, And it's pretty cool how the body is able to adapt to things like that.
0: Yeah. So for point of reference, again, if one uh, lap or one way down across the pool is 25 yards and you said, what, 2,500? Yes. So so that's 100 or 50 back and forths.
1: 100 lengths I'm able to do and feel confident that I'm going to be able to do it. That's incredible. Incredible. And that's and that's in less than a year's time. Right. Yeah. That's what's that's January
0: 2021, right? Right. That's so
1: that's what's so cool, is that while short term you don't see those gains every single day, long term in the weeks and and months that of just staying consistent and just staying pointed at, at a goal, you're able to build up these small wins and be able to to go from swimming 50 yards and having to stop to take a break to swimming 2,500 yards and probably could swim a few more if I really had to type thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's just that progress. And what I've, what I've, uh, I'm hearing you saying over and over, Steve, is these things like, uh, I've heard you say commitment or committed, um, the the confidence I don't know if you've described it as confidence but just knowing that when you've had some success or these achievements recognizing that wow that felt really good like in the run that, having that the time that you uh, what either couldn't believe or that you couldn't imagine you could do but there you, it happened and you did it um, right so I mean what else helps you in terms of your mindset? Uh, It could be specifically with the triathlon coming up, because I know that's on your brain a lot, but you could expand it out. You know, in terms of having the mindset that allows you to say, stay committed or to overcome adversity or negativity, what are some of the keys that seem to help you to be successful?
1: It's interesting because I was thinking about this today specifically and that. Mm. Faith does play a part of this whole picture for me. Yeah. Um, in the sense of, I am, um, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm, I'm pretty, a fairly bold Christian in the sense of that I, I'm not afraid to share that um, I, I believe it, that Jesus Christ is my savior. And I share um, daily scriptures every day that I call words of encouragement. And that's a way of me talking to myself of trying to to lift myself up each and every day. And part of my picture of faith is that I try to see the good in every situation. And by doing doing that when things are hard, for example, if you're training and I'm doing I'm swimming laps or something like that, there's been many days where things are hard, but I try to keep the idea that I get to do this. I shoot. I'm like this is a choice that I get to make. Some people don't even aren't even able to swim. Some people aren't aren't even able to walk. Some people aren't even able to ride a bike. And so I'm lucky enough to be able to make the choice to do something that's incredibly difficult and to pursue it, um, and as a way of using my my gifts that God has given me. Um, I think that when we express ourselves physically in that way it's a an expression a physical manifestation of the blessings that God gives us and it's a physical expression of showing showing God that we are grateful for the abilities to do something like this that's incredibly, great and big and huge. And I think that when you pursue things that are big and scary like that, that, that it just overjoys God all the time because he's able to see that you're able to take something that might be considered hard or difficult and turn it into something good, if that makes makes any sense at all.
0: Oh, it does to me. And I'm, I'm uh, right there with you as a practicing Christian myself. And have been just immersed in the faith, especially since in my short story and in uh, recovery from addiction over 15 years ago, that's really one of the big triggers in my life that helped me uh, dive into like, what is this all about? And what can I do now that I don't have this baggage and this weight of alcoholism and drug addiction? And I thought, well, what's what's possible? And that's where, you know, faith is like, well, I'm right here. been here the whole time. I'm glad you asked, you know. And so that's my go-to as well. So, um, you know, digging deep in the scripture and uh, I'm a contemplative type person, which is kind of rare, but I look inward a lot. And so it doesn't always, uh, you don't always see what I'm doing because it, but in my inner world, it's rich, you know, it's just flowing with all kinds of symbols and scripture and songs. And and one of the benefits, one of the blessings um, that I hear you mentioning, that's true for me as well is having a life that you're truly grateful for. I mean, it's not something that you have to manufacture. It's not a mindset that you're like, I'm just pretending that I'm thankful, you know, so I can feel better. <laughs> Sometimes I do that too. But once that change happens internally, um, I know for me that seeing that life really is uh, an opportunity, you know, that, that, that yeah. there's, there's hope for the day, there's possibilities, there's potential, whatever my abilities are, or lack thereof. It's whatever I have to work with. God can take that and make it so much more. And, uh, uh you know, and it just, and I see people aren't going to see your face right now, but to me, it's just lighting up, you know, cause it takes one to know one. And, um, uh, so I'll stop there. So I just wanted to echo that and, and said that I heard you on, on where you're getting a lot of your inspiration and, and strength from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a, uh, that's a huge part of it. Um, I think that, uh, Just seeing the good in every situation. And I think to your point too, that it doesn't matter where you are in your life as far as stages are concerned, we all have something that we can contribute, something that we can do to make this world a better place. I think that um, not to look like uh, or talk like I'm looking through a set of rose-colored glasses, but I think that there's good in everybody to some degree. And it's just to, and I, I tend to be a air on the positive side of life type of person, but I think that that little bit of good, whether it's, it's small or big is able to bring so much to the world. And by, um, putting that at the forefront, you're able to make that a, a, a better and more positive impact on the world.
0: Absolutely. And I've been really steeped in the world of the science of hope, which uh, I'm not trying to put you on the spot with any of this. It just resonates with all of that language. We can call it the science of hope. We can call it faith. We can call it positivity. But from the research from Oklahoma and Dr. Chan Hellman and others, you know, it's the the short definition of hope that they've come up with, and I'm not using all the right terms, but is that uh, tomorrow can be better than today. And I can play an active part in making it so. And that's hope. You know? thats I is a
1: i i can't i <laughs> can't it, right? agree with that hundred percent more that is <laughs> that's that it. is hope yeah that and that's is what it
0: here i hear from you right now so
1: that is it
0: man on that and i i want to give you time to go in other directions we have you know fifteen more minutes or however long but yeah so what i know faith sustains your hope but what else is it that really keeps you you could say buoyant or optimistic especially maybe in the times that we're in now with coronavirus. Social upheaval, you know, uh, the sort of the, the ways that we're really fractured as a society, and maybe even world. Knowing the heaviness of all of that, what what is it that that helps to sustain your hope in these times? I think that um, as a person, I
1: realize well, and Christian, I realize that we're all human, and we're all product. That, that this could be. Uh, an interesting statement as like, we have influences on all of our lives, but really at the end of the day, we're all very similar, more similar than we think we are, so to speak. It's just a matter of understanding one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you've if you've read Green Lights or not by Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. or if you've um, heard of it, but in the book, and I w- I've, I've read this book Two, maybe three times this year. One of the things that he talks about in the book is he's in Africa and these two men who are holding different opinions in an argument are talking back and forth to one another about a woman who's selling herself in a promiscuous way. One man says it's not our our right to judge. The other man says she shouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. They're talking back and forth. And Matthew McConaughey comes in and says, "Well, I think so and so is right." And the individual, both of the men in the conversation turn at him and say, "It's not right or wrong, it's do you understand?" And so when they're talking to one another, they're not they're they're bickering and arguing, but they're not necessarily trying to determine who's right or who's wrong. It's can we understand each other better. And I think what i'm trying to get after is that my hope with the way that society is today is it's very polarized in the sense of politics and things like that where i try to stand is how can i better understand a person in order to relate to them and gain clarity of why do you hold this position i may not agree with you but i can I can understand you and understand your position as to why you think this way. It may not resonate with me, but that's okay. And I can live with that. I think what we need more in this world is to be able to be okay, to be different from one another, but understand that, Hey, our intentions are both good here. Like we're not, we're like, you, you could get into, into the weeds and talk, talk about like, well, this person's stupid, or this person's stupid because they think this. Well, really, there's a reason why that person thinks the way they do. Like, let's get to the root of that and understand why do they think that way. And then, if you can't come to an agreement, then okay, we go our ways, but we can still live with each other and be and be in in life together with each other, rather than building walls and burning bridges and creating division, I, my, my idea is to bring connections and build the bridges and tear down the walls between us in order to better understand each other and, and live in a more symbiotic world. If that makes any sense at all.
0: Oh, it does to me speaking my language. I mean, that's yeah. all I think about all day. You know what I mean? So I'm just over here excited. So I guess what, to yeah, answer the question, that's uh-huh. part
1: of my, my hope is sure. to T- is to be a part of bringing down those walls and to s- create communication between people that maybe don't see eye to eye but can l- gain understanding and clarity between each other and live a more peaceful and symbiotic life simply because they understand one another
0: right that's where it all stems yeah that's the that's the premise is that if we can understand one another better then we'll be able to get along better. You know, right. we'll, we'll see the value in each other. And right. it's it's when we start to disregard, disrespect or devalue another person, then it's easy. Then it's easy to put somebody in that that part of our brains that says doesn't belong here or doesn't matter, uh, doesn't require my energy to think about, you know, and that's right. where we get, in my opinion, in trouble. <laughs> and right. Like the times that we're in yes. now. Um. And, and, and I hear that that's part of what sustains your hope. You know, that was part of the question is like, what keeps you going when it's hard? And it's those perspectives that you've described. I hear you saying that we're more similar than we are different. Um, and it really it used this example. I'm going to drop this in our show notes, along with other resources that, you, that you've that you mentioned, but the Green Lights book. I love that idea that it's not who's right or who's wrong, or if I'm right and or wrong, it's do you understand? And as as a word nerd that I am that looks deeply into things, I researched the word understand one time. It's called etymology, like the word origins of of words. And it originally meant uh, to understand, meaning to stand within or in the middle of. So it's a question Mm -hmm. of perspective. Understanding is about standing in the middle and not necessarily playing it safe, but rather having all of it come right at you and, and gaining perspectives, no matter what, come what may, I'm going to understand, you know, and just right. taking it, you know, but and not needing to be right or wrong. It's beyond that. It's about getting as much perspective and information as you can so that, so that you can see the connection in this case, so that you can see that there, we're more alike than we are different. So just wanted to say that. I really appreciate what you shared there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. and. Uh, just like small sidebar here too. Yeah. I mean, you know, green lights. I went into this book, not really knowing a whole lot about Matthew McConaughey. And like, you think, Oh, Hollywood actor, like, you know, whatever. Okay. It was a highly rated book. I'm like, okay, we'll see what the, where this goes. A super thought provoking individual. And on the surface, you'd think you'd never think he would be this type of person. And that's just a testament to, gaining understanding of a person in the sense of he's actually a very deep thinking person and he tells great stories and it's a very entertaining book um but very thought provoking person in the sense of he, he he's very introspective and i would have never known that had i not read this book so just a just a another tidbit there of like, you just don't judge a book by its cover
0: type thing. Oh, that's so good. I see what you did there. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Hey man, uh, I want to use the rest of your time in in ways that are good for you. Okay. A question of curiosity though is like over the next, as of the time of this interview, I'm going to drop this as quick as I can. I'm going to try to get it out by uh, Wednesday of this week, which is, I don't know, December 1st or who knows uh, really soon so that people can hear it before you actually participate in the mid-distance triathlon. So how in the world do you prepare with less than a week? what What is your routine look like? That was really my question of curiosity. If you want to go there, love to know about that.
1: Well, um, so to kind of reiterate a little bit of like what I've talked about through this whole conversation is the idea is that the hay's in the barn already in the sense of I'm, I'm going to be as prepared as I can be for this full week going up to the race type thing at this point, it's mentally, am I ready for it? Am I, am I calm? Am I relaxed? I want to keep my body slightly moving and, um, don't, I don't want to sit still for a whole week. Um, just because I want to keep, keep, my active, my activists going and that sort of thing. But really, it's just being mentally prepared for for the feat that I'm going for on uh, come next Sunday. Um, but uh, just mitigating the stresses as much as possible, and just checking and rechecking as much stuff as possible. You know, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, fortunately, part of this this whole deal is that we have to travel, so that is an added layer of difficulty because. You have to make sure that all the stuff is going to get there and all that kind of good stuff, but, um, just maintaining the, uh, the same discipline that I've maintained throughout this entire preparation, which is just stay focused on, on what, what goal I have at the end of the road and that, um, all the weeks and months that I've done training up until this point are just a culmination of what's to come. And then just hope that the day is going to be as good as it possi- possibly can be, as far as weather, as far as um, my preparations concerned. And, um, you know, also the idea is to be realistic with your goals, too. Um, you know, I've talked about this with my coach as well is like, what are, she, you know, she tried to remind me, like, what are your three primary goals? And the top one, is to be real, to be realistic with myself is to finish. And so those are the types of things where like, Hey, like let's make that priority number one. And then everything else that I want to do after that is ancillary in the sense of let's make it to the finish line, whatever happens, happens, you know, and if it doesn't go well, then there's always another race type thing. You know, there's always another day, but, um, to not build it up so big that I, Freak myself out and and lose mentally. Essentially, I guess is how I would how I'm preparing for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's all back to the to the mindset at this point. What I'm hearing is this is my takeaway for myself. Anyway, is that you know, hey, if 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 we get some routines in place and we align our priorities long enough and just do the work, Mm -hmm. and uh, this is the point that we come to. You know, the preparation is done for the most part there's little things that you need to check off make sure the equipment gets there and you know gets all the way to florida so that you can do the thing you know right but but it's about mindset at this point you know your yes your, your body's ready you, you need to do a few things but you've got these um goals in mind you've got um uh, the uh, what should i say well the results and you've already got results of, of the preparation so uh, it's just like you need to show up and then keep your goals in mind, and then let me ask you this, Steve, what is it that you want to be able to say or think uh, after you finish this triathlon to yourself? I did the best that I yeah, go ahead.
1: I did the best that I could, yeah, on the day that I did the best that I could. It doesn't matter what my time is, it's that I gave my best effort on the day yeah
0: that's that's a quotable quote right there. I mean, yeah. I could yeah. say that at the end of any journey.
1: And um, the, this is just a, a, a little tidbit I'll throw in at the end here too, Yeah, is that for anybody who's interested in, in triathlon or running or anything like that, um, the attraction to it is that with certain sports, it's very skill-based. For example, I think of golf. I'm terrible at golf, okay? Um, It is a very skill-based sport in the sense of you need to know where exactly everything is at when you're you're playing golf. With endurance sports and triathlon, it's less about... Now, granted, of course, if you want to be top 10% or whatever top percent athlete, you need to have everything dialed in. But the mental portion as far as will and effort is so much higher with these sports in the sense of as long as you can move your legs, you can finish. It doesn't matter. As long as you can, it doesn't matter what it looks like. As long as you're moving your legs or you're paddling through the water. I mean, shoot, you can doggy paddle the whole race. If you want to, just as long as you keep going, you can make it to the end.
0: Absolutely. No, that's that's a perfect place to drop it there. Let me ask you this in closing, Steve, uh what's the best way if you want people to be following you what's the best way they can follow you or contact you so social media handles i can drop them later too if you can't think of it or sure. Email it um, okay
1: yeah uh i'll uh, i'll i'll ha- I'll send the link to my Facebook page if you want to okay. connect on Facebook um i'm not quite. I, I'm active on Facebook, but not quite as active. Instagram is where I'm most active and I can send a link for that sure. as well. Okay. That'll um, be the show my, notes. Okay. Yeah. My find. user, my uh, Instagram handle is Steve A Blake, all one word. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram um, and then if you want to shoot me an email or something like that, too, if you're not on the social media networks or type of thing, but you still want to ask me questions, I can send Charles my email and he can put that in the show notes as well.
0: I sure will. I sure will. Well, Steve, I'm going to be thinking about you and pulling for you at, uh, in the coming week, and uh, we'll be sure to follow along on social media with, with your process. I'm really excited for you. And thank you for being my guest on the show. Well, thank you
1: for having me, Charles. This was really a, a great conversation. Um I'm just excited for the race coming up. And um, I just want to say at the end here that if you're thinking about doing anything like this um, and you're on the fence, do it. I promise you, you will not regret it at all. Uh, it, it is worth it 100% every
0: single time. You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.